So, with that in mind, I'm going to invite you welcome. If you're here for the first time, awesome. It's great. I had the Sunday off last week, and it was great. And I know Reverend Tammy did a uh, stellar job, and I really appreciate her support. It's good to take a break and um, uh, reflect and think and see what's bubbling up and all that, that stuff. So what I'm going to invite you to do with me, let's continue to just build the energy in this place. And let's know that when we come together today, because it's so important, because you're here, we're here, and we connect. this unified field. And when we connect with, in that field together, something, something beautiful happens that we probably don't quite know and understand, but it's life-giving. And I'm going to speak a great deal about that this morning with you. So I'm going to sound the chime and invite you to just drop into your heart. Allow yourself to just relax, be present, and just feel your energetic field expand and connect with one another. Offer the unconditional love, and whoever is in this gathering this morning or someone that you think of in your life that can use love right now, when you think of them, it's there instantaneously. It's not a, something that travels. It's the quantum field. And so let's sound the chime and move into our silence. Then I will sing a chant, invite you to sing that, and I'll do an affirmative prayer. Let's begin. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear. For spirit, one spirit is in this very room, in this very room, in this very room. So let's know this together. There's one activity, one power, one presence. That activity, that power, that presence, that infinite divine intelligence that moves in and through and has all of life is the source, our source. And so in, in recognition of that, and I invite you to open yourself to that experience, to reveal that in this moment, that there's something powerful and beautiful finding its way in and through and as you in this moment. But it requires a welcome. All it requires is a welcome and an awareness. And each time it, we welcome, it's different. Each time we we welcome, we are shifted and changed to go home to ourselves. And so I know this day is powerful and beautiful in every good way that we have been blessed by so many wonderful things, so many opportunities to do our own deep inquiry and work and transformation. Transformation that helps shift and change and empower individual ordinary people and to do incredibly powerful, impactful things upon this world. To create a world that works for everyone. 
And so there's nothing more precious or sacred than this. Your consciousness, your eternal consciousness that has come and taken form in this point in time, in this point in history, and to be inundated with, with meaning-making that perhaps doesn't align with the highest and the best. So let us stand together this day. Let us know that I am guided, you are guided in every good thing, that you hear the words that are appropriate, and you hear yourself in between the words, in between the notes of the music. For there is where the, the gold lies as well. So we come together in a mosaic a collaboration of revelation of transformation. This day is powerful and beautiful because we claim it to be so. And the infinite divine intelligence says, yes. For this I give thanks. I give thanks to stand in the yes with you for the joy and the celebration of life, for music and love, laughter, heartbreak, for every aspect of it. I give thanks. And I invite you to say with me. And so it is. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, if I do say so myself. Something, something was up here praying. All right. So I want to start this, um, and I'm going to bring Lil up. Uh, why not bring, you ready to want to do it now, Lil? Then we're done. Let's bring beautiful Lil up. This is an amazing, amazing presence, and she and she's, she's, wants to come up and just share with you what's happening, and I think it's really important, because then we're, we're going to dive into this material, and I'll do my best to... This is Lil Lazar. She's our spirit group leader, and we are very, very excited about our spirit groups. And she's going to tell you a little bit about spirit groups in here. If we didn't bring you a mic, you can use that. I'll stand close to you. Okay, there. Everybody there here? Armor okay, under. so spirit groups are actually pretty close to what the small groups were. A lot of you are familiar with small groups. Uh, the difference is, is that they're structured and very supportive. And um, it's... Um, well, the, the series that we're doing this time is the Infinite, sorry. Infinite Connections. Infinite Connections. I had it all written down. Okay. But Take how we do it is uh, we're running 10-week sessions. And if you choose to decide to be a host, you choose where. You can have it in your home or at another location and also when. So the date and during the day or during the evening, it's up to you. We're going to be launching the first one mid-April. And we're doing the Infinite Connection series. And with the Infinite Connection series, we're going to be going through the five C's, which is communion, connection, compassion, community, and challenge. And this is all about growing stronger relationships for yourself and like within you also on top of just your personal relationships around you. And uh, so the other thing that we're doing is uh, there's a service project that uh, your group gets to pick. This is about operating from the heart. So when you're giving to the community, um, it's not just a matter of just here's some money and passing it off to someone. And what we've chosen for our group is uh, we're going to be making up little care packages and we've done a budget of $10 a package, and each of us are doing three packages. And we're going to be donating that for the uh, um, homeless, homeless teenagers. And Carrie McCaskill is actually the one that's uh, going to be receiving the care packages and then handing them off to the homeless teenagers. And because we couldn't actually, because they won't be coming to one location. She just kind of meets with them. As she meets them, she'll be handing them off 
to make that more personal with our own energy, uh, Darren came up with the great idea to, we're gonna include an affirmative prayer that each of us writes within that package. So if anybody's interested in uh, also joining, you can, uh, Carrie is right there, um, but you can also get a hold of me and uh, we'll get you included on it. As a host, this program is so supportive. There is a video for every session. There's even a video for, to help you relax before your guests come down. Everything is uh, printed out. If you like the old-fashioned pen and paper format, your host package includes all the paperwork that you need, um, the DVDs for the videos that you're going to be watching. If you're more technologically inclined, I also have everything on a stick. We can download it onto your computer, or you can also go online and download everything. Like, this is very, very supportive. We'll also be having a weekly huddle for all of the hosts. So um, I encourage you to join me this afternoon for the workshop from 1 to 4. And we're also having a workshop on Tuesday evening, uh, March 20th, and that's from 6 to 9. So the workshop is free. Everyone is welcome to come. And when we get all the hosts arranged, we're going to have a map at the back of the room. And with all of the host names and locations and dates and times that they're hosting it, big launch is middle of April. And so then you can be signing up though and joining in on the program and developing relationships on a whole new level. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so I have an assignment that I'm gonna model for you because Dr. Gary Simmons asked me to model this. And this comes from our, our Q process. And Q means quantum. We had a really great meeting yesterday and, and uh, really important that we use language that people understand. So Q is not anything weird, although Q sounds strange if you don't know it. It means quantum. And it's a, it is a, um, a practice, a 21-day self-directed practice to help start noticing where fear shows up in your life. And, uh, and then dealing with it effectively so that this, the, the experience of fear no longer dominates your experience. In, in other words, wherever you become triggered, because whenever we get triggered, we move into fear. So um, part of that is my cue card. And so I've been asked by, I've been given the, the homework by Dr. Gary Simmons to model this for you because our intention is with each meeting that we enter into within our community from this point forward, we start with this. And so what I request of you today from my cue card is please have compassion for me when I show up as who I am not. And these qualities are things that for me are, are uh, alive and uh, something that uh, I don't want to be when I show up. So when I show up as have compassion for me when I show up undeserving, fearful, rejected, hopeless, flawed, and lacked. Or living in lack. Because this is who I have come here to be. I've come here to be love, wisdom, joyful, coherent, which is oneness for me, connected, wholeness, creative, and abundant. So thank you for that. Because when I speak those words, it, it, it changes my game. Because this is who I've come here to be. I've come here to be those. And so when I get up in the morning, I read my cue card. And uh, it helps give me a trajectory of who, I'm, who I've come here to be. And we have the choice in this. We're unique. We're the only species on the planet that has this ability. Our animal friends that we love dearly don't have this ability. But we have the opportunity to choose. And so it's 100 Years of the Science of Mind. Today I wanted to look at the beautiful book by Dr. Ernest Holmes called This Thing Called You. 
There's three ideas that I want to share, to touch on briefly today. One is evolution, one is shadow to light, um, and it should say what God looks like. It says what God like like, so there we go, <laughs> now that I see that. But yeah, what God like like, I like that. It's great. Like like, what God like like. So evolution. You, like all others, are seeking the joy. This comes right from Dr. Holmes, this thing called you. You, like all others, are seeking the joy of living. You wish to be needed, to be loved, to be included in the great drama of life. This urge is in every individual. It is in everything. And I love that about Dr. Holmes. I mean, he, he, he put it in a container of, of understanding that goes beyond uh, tradition. And, and uh, so I would say we honor all traditions. Wherever good is happening, we're for it. It continues, evolution is proof of an irresistible urge which pushes everything onward and upward. Life has entered into you and with it the irresistible impulse to create. So that is why we're here. And he, in, in this chapter, it's the first chapter of the book, he talks about, and none of us know why. None of us under, will ever understand why it's set up the way it is. Because I'd like to know why as well. He says, create or perish is the eternal mandate of nature. Be constructive or become frustrated is an equal demand. Socrates called it spirit. Jesus is father in heaven, called, uh, called it father in heaven. Some ancients called it Atman. And I love this. He said, why don't you just call it you? It's just you. Doesn't that make it personal and real and, and present? It's just you, your complete self. For this is truly what they have all meant. The complete you. And the complete you is quite beautiful. It just is. You know, having, my, my gift is I get to immerse myself in this material and read it and read it. And it just, you know, the great thing about my role is that when I'm, I'm sort of forced to do this, although I don't feel forced, but it is, it, is, it is part of my responsibility. And what happens for me as I'm doing the work, there's, it, it gives me a focus so that the infinite presence can do its work on me. So it gives me something purposeful. But there's something else that goes on for me while I'm doing the work. A lady came in the other day, and uh, uh, two days ago, never met her before, uh, a, a sibling of one of our, our members. And I looked at her, and like within two seconds, I said, let me go show you. The, they were doing a tour of the building. And I said, let me go show you the crystal bed. And uh, so we took her over, and she, I said, would you like to get on the crystal bed? She says, yeah, sure. So we put her on the crystal bed for 20 minutes, and she had this incredible experience. And uh, I said to them afterwards, I went into my office while she was on the crystal bed, I said, what are you doing? I never have done that, and I've never done that in my entire life. That I, I, you know, it just never occurs to me to say to someone that's brand spanking new, hey, I'm going to throw you on the crystal bed here and see what happens. <laughs> but I realized that it wasn't me that was, was, it was just, it just poured out of me. And I thought, and then she had this amazing experience. In fact, so amazing, she came back yesterday to do a full hour. But I thought, isn't it interesting how spirit works in our lives? But it wasn't a conscious effort on my part, but it was just so obvious to me when we met. It was like, how about a crystal bed? <laughs> I have never done that before, but I, I just thought, there's God showing up. And it wasn't anything I planned. It was just showing up, and here we are. And so, um, um, neither here nor there, but isn't it interesting how things show up for us when we're, when we're, we're grounded in a state of grace? We never know. I picture that happens for Martin Kerr when he's writing a song. We can ask him later. So, this idea of evolution, it's, it's, just, it's just pouring forth. It wants to happen for us and through us and as us. The joy of living. All the great t uh, traditions called it certain things to come home to ourselves. 
Humanity, as Dr. Holmes said, did not create life. We are, not, we are something that, that lives in, from, and by it. We cannot escape life or the necessity of giving expression to it through living. Life has entered into you, and with it, the irresistible impulse to create. We may call this thing good or evil, right or wrong, God or devil, heaven or hell. Would it not be more simple to say that finally things work out for the best when they are life-giving? So how do we know it's the right thing to do? Do we pull out the Ten Commandments? I mean, that used to be the thinking. But what is it, is it life-giving? Is what you're doing and expressing. You've come here, so I've shared with you who I've come here to be. And those qualities for me are life-giving. Because in the, in the life-givingness of them, I'm duplicating the nature of spirit. Oh, am I blocking myself here? Thank you, sorry. We're filming today, and I'm not used to that, but lots of fun stuff happening. So, there we go. Here I am. <laughs> Wake up and be awesome, is what my cup said. I was, at, I was at Walmart the other day, and I said, hey, look at that, for two ninety-five. Wake up and be awesome. Here we go. So there's a pattern, and it's trying to fit the pieces into greater and greater units. And if we look at the world and look at the pattern over, over history, it is progressively getting better despite what the newspapers tell us, despite what the, the, the titillating news of the day is. It is progressively getting better. The pattern is trying to fit the pieces into greater and greater units as though it could not accomplish it, its purpose through anything other than a democracy of spirit, a union of all. Dr. Holmes says the union, however, does not mean sameness. For while unity requires conformity to principles, unity never means uniformity. I love that. We're all one, but we're all uniquely beautiful and different. And it wouldn't be the same without you. Even your consciousness we, we don't get the consciousness piece so many times because we're so trapped in this world of effect. Each one of us. We never know when we walk in a store. When you are grounded in this principle of truth of being and you walk into an environment that's foreign to you, you affect that environment. You do. By your presence, by your consciousness. There's nothing more important on this journey than consciousness. Nothing. And how can we ground ourselves more fully in that unified field more consistently? So we're, we're showing and expressing and showing up as we intend to be. What have I come here to be? Who have I come here to be? A force for good, a force for change, a force for transformation. All I have, what keeps me inspired is I just have to read the newspaper. I just have to go online. It's like, wow, look at that. Because that's what people, see, we, we, we create meaning making. Well, another beautiful book here by Dr. Gary Simmons, who we've been working with, with our Q process, with our quantum process about overcoming fear in a very systematic way, called The Eye of the Storm. I asked him, I said, what's the most popular book in unity, in the unity movement right now? Is it the, is it the, the uh, uh, Legacy of Truth, which was the early book, their sort of science of mind textbook, Legacy of Truth? He said, no, it's The Eye of the Storm. I said, well, do you know the author? He said, yeah, me. So... <laughs> Good self-promotion, in my opinion. So I want to talk a bit about this with this quantum thing because Shadow to Light, there's a wonderful teacher and, and um, uh, lecturer on the circuit called Sharif Abdul. And if you were at the Friday night with uh, Reverend Jane uh, Simmons, you saw Sharif's uh, video, one of his TED Talks in Portland. And his mission, just like Dr. Gary's and my mission, I think that this is the, the opportunity that is so important 
as a community and, and, and the shift in consciousness on the planet. Because we, we, are, we have an ep- epidemic. In his lecture on the TED Talk, he asked people to stand up if they've been personally affected by the 9-11 incident. The planes fly. If you lost a friend or someone you knew at, uh, at the World Trade Center or at Washington, D.C. or somewhere in this. And a room of 100 people, two people stand up. And he said, okay, let me ask you this. Anybody here been affected by, or perhaps it's you that has been influenced or impacted by someone who has committed suicide or attempted to commit suicide? Almost everybody in the room stands up. And he says, everywhere I go, it's the same thing. One or two people know somebody at the World Trade Center. But the whole room stands up for suicide. And I think it's, and, and no one addresses it. I don't, I've never heard any politician address it. Because the politicians can't get there. They don't know where to land with this. But what it is, is this deep embodied sense of dread, depression, despair. There's no future. Sadness, sorrow. And I want to I flesh this out with you. And this is inspired by the work of... Um, of uh, Sharif. So he talks about the, the shadow to light. There it is. The shadow. So there's four shadows. There's the shadow of violence. There's the shadow of the other. Racism, sexism, the other aspects of separation. The shadow of lack, poverty, greed, hoarding. And the shadow of despair, depression, and suicide. Those are the four shadows. When we talk about Q, when we talk about quantum, this is what we're talking about, is looking at these shadows And when we integrate them, we have a better chance of of stepping back into our divinity and our wholeness and living from that and modeling that for our children and our grandchildren and for one another. And so there's the four lights that he talks about. The four lights are the, the, the light of peace and security. All is well. You are eternal, blessed, loved. The light of inclusivity and security. And inclusivity is, there's, there's things, we just get down into the, the muck. I was listening to a show the other day and it was the, the politicians were talking and somebody was upset because somebody used a bunch of their stuff in their talk and it was on and on and it was just moving the, jet, the deck chairs around on the Titanic. It wasn't dealing at the level of causation. It was just words and posturing. And God bless them, I know that that's the tools they have and the way they think. But it was not about, so in other words, as, as Sharif says, how many people here are for gay marriage? And and we won't do this, but he did this as an example. He said, hey, I want you to line up over on this side if you're for gay marriage. And those of you against gay marriage go over there. And he says, we'd have two groups. But he said, okay, let's do it this way. He said, how many of you here are for clean water? Everybody that likes clean water over on this side. And everybody that wants to drink dirty water, polluted water over on this side but it's a higher level of conversation. There are things that all of us are for. And the rest of it, you know, yeah, I know Donald Trump paid $130,000 to some woman that they, they say he may or may not have had to, some type of relationship with. You know what? None of my business. And there's a lot of people that want to make it their business. I'll let them have it. I'm interested in consciousness. I'm not interested in doing that guy's agenda. I'm not interested in trying to unravel his karma. If you did or didn't, it's none of my business. But we get so, and the point is we get so distracted by something like that, we miss the opportunities. I'm interested in consciousness. I'm interested in moving forward. You know, they want my opinion on it. I'll give my opinion, but I'm not going to give it any energy. So I'm not interested in that. It's none of my business. So, Lao Tzu said this. This comes from Dr. Gary's book. Men, humanity, are born soft and supple. Dead, they are stiff and hard. Plants are born tender and pliant. Dead, they are brittle and dry. Thus, whoever is stiff and inflexible is a disciple of death. 
Whoever is soft and yielding is a disciple of life. Thousands of years old. Remember last week I talked about partnering the vulnerable child? Jesus said, be, be like the, the little children. There's a vulnerability that's required. And you can't be vulnerable if you're not also bringing your power with you. It, it requires standing on both legs. Being vulnerable doesn't mean you're a wimp. It just means you know who you are. And I can be soft and subtle and I can be teachable and open and receptive. I can be cracked open. So, Sharif says, here's some models. Here's some vision statements that, that, that speak to this. Centers for spiritual living, we can create a world that works for everyone. Can we do that or not? I believe we can. I believe it is our opportunity. I think it's our, our, our responsibility, actually. On Wednesday, I got a, a phone call. That my, uh, next, I, have, I grew up with seven sisters. One of my sisters was found dead on Monday morning. And so I'm, I'm not going to travel for the memorial because this is more meaningful for me. And I've done my prayer work and I continue to do my prayer work for her. But she showed up in, with, with things that were triggered in her. I think we all carry gene. I think we all carry the possibility of certain things. And so one of the things that got triggered within her was mental illness. And so she never found her way in, in life. She never, she never was able to work. She never had a meaningful relationship. I don't think she ever had a, uh, a significant other in her life. Um, uh, she lived on subsidized government housing. She received a check each month from the government to buy food. And just a, a life that in many ways uh, was just sad. And I think for all of us, her brothers and sisters... I, re- I sent a text last night to the, the rest of them. I said, you know, I don't think any of us could ever understand what, what Joan's sold agreement was. And hopefully she's finding some peace and, and some support, which she struggled her whole life to, uh, to welcome. Because she just couldn't do it. She couldn't read a science of mind textbook. She couldn't grasp any of these concepts. And all of us tried to help. And we, we, we couldn't help. But... Some of us are so sensitive that we take on the collective unhealed uh, pathology of the group. And I think that she served that purpose. With all of the, there was a lot of things. So I, I grew up in an environment where you didn't talk about your feelings. And most of it was about power. Most of it was about punishment. Most of it was about right and wrong. Um, there certainly wasn't any, you know, we, we, we gave lip service to a, a tradition, but we certainly didn't live it. Um, and, and, and so she took on sort of as a sponge so much of all that energy that we were all sort of white knuckling our way through this is the meaning making I give it and so I have great compassion for her and, and, and great sorrow and, and it, I wish her life had been different but, who's, but who am I to, to judge it I just all I can do is honor it and hold it in grace and I'm so grateful to have a perspective and a, and a philosophy in my life that doesn't, I don't discard it. I hold it very preciously because it's so profoundly um, uh, meaningful and, and, and rich and deep and sad. And so I'm just grateful that I can, I can express that with you and share that with you because it's, um, it's tough. It's a tough, tough thing. And I know my sisters are really at a loss for what to say and feel. So Sharif says here, he says, a shadow is the stuff we fear. It can be fear itself. My sister 
was afraid of everything and everyone. Everyone was a threat. So she isolated herself. And she got very heavy, very, very physically, put on a lot of weight to protect herself. It can be fear itself. What's blocking the light on a personal level? Personally, the shadow keeps us small and unenlightened. It keeps us from perceiving reality. It magnifies our fears. It's not the fears that aren't there, but we make them seem bigger than they are. And they certainly did for my sister. The stuff that she would bring up, I'd say, really? Really? You know, let's look at this. And we would look at it, and it was still huge in her, her thinking and her meaning making. It keeps us away from our greatness. Ultimately, it's self-destructive. It makes us angry and disempowered. We get very depressed and numb from the existence of shadows. All this happens when you carry all the shadow around personally. On a societal level, we create a society based on fears and insecurities, a society that perpetuates injustice, a society that's unsustainable, a society that's immoral, a society that's mindless, and a society that is ultimately suicidal. We see it everywhere we look right now. And one of the things that I'm so excited about and appreciative and treasure is that we have eight people right now signed up within our community to be Q coaches, quantum coaches with Dr. Gary Simmons because this is a program that I think we can take not just within our community but take it out in the world. It doesn't require anybody to give up their core beliefs. It's just simply inviting people into a tool and a practice that allows them to transform the shadow and to integrate the shadow. It's so important. You are the life of God. And when you create a childlike, youthful atmosphere <clears throat> around the issues at hand, when you're open, willing, flexible, affirming, and supportive, you are radiating the life of God in all that you are and do. But it takes practice. It takes dissolving those error beliefs, in, in, integrating the shadow work. Because those are precious too. Those are part of you. That's God as well. And we've come to have this experience, the polarities. Dr. Holmes writes about it in this thing called you. We've come to have the light and the darkness so we can choose. And otherwise, we would be robots. There'd be no point. There would be nothing here. I think the opportunity to give birth to something that we can't even imagine is exciting. This stuff that we're doing with Dr. Gary Simpson, it's never been done before. It's never been done before. You guys can say I was in the audience when he said it's never been done before. Because what we want is a guarantee. We want to control and predict it. And the infinite intelligence is like, hey, man, you, you, you move in that direction. We'll show you where to go. We'll show you what to do, and there'll be enough to do it. And if it turns out I'm wrong, you can all say, hey, I was there the day he made all those crazy statements, and he was all wrong. But I don't believe I'm wrong. I, believe, I, I, I stand in, it, it, I've given my life to this because I know how important it is. And believe me, so, someone asked me years ago at a minister's conference, do you, like once a year, do you reassess what you're doing as a minister and, and is this right for you? I said, once a year? Every morning I get up and ask myself those questions. <laughs> I wish it was once a year. You know? And then there are days when I get in my car coming up here and I'm ready to tender my resignation. It's like I'm all done. I got nothing else to say. And people aren't paying attention. And they don't want to do the work. They just, they just want to drink coffee and hang out. And I don't want to hang out. I, hey, I'm drinking coffee right now, but I'm, I, I got some stuff going, right? So you can have a coffee, but you can, still, you can still be engaged in the process. And then by the time I get to the garage door in the back, I'm back in it again. Because <laughs> I see, see Steve's car. Oh, God, what a, what a gem that guy is. 
There have been some, there have been some gems that have showed up in this last year that, that, that have kept me in the game, I gotta tell you. And I'm really grateful. If a conversation becomes blaming or condescending, you bounce into discussion. This is when we're grounded in our centeredness, and this comes from Dr. Gary's book. If a conversation becomes blaming or condescending, you bounce into the discussion with openness and understanding. If people are stuck in how a situation looks or feels, you're able to transform that. You remind them of the infinite possibilities that surround them. See, abundance isn't about money. Abundance is about understanding. Man, there's infinite possibilities. It is what it is today. I, I, yesterday, we had like 30 people show up for our, Q, our uh, quantum meeting to check in and have conversations and everything. And my vision for our community is that we are fully funded annually through our pledge program. We, they, we have enough. Everyone knows what it takes to operate here and everyone does what they can. We're not there right now. We're at 25%. The great news is we got 75% to fill in. And, and, and the wonderful thing is, as we move forward in this transformation, how much is transformation worth to you? How much is it worth? I had a lady I've been working with. She called me up the other day. She said, I got scammed by these I2 cards. I said, well, what happened? She said, well, they called up and they said, send us money. And I, she, I said, well, how much was it? And she said, well, I lost $5,000. I thought, shucks, if you want to put $5,000 or something meaningful, I got a spot for that. I didn't say that to her at the time. I said, well, let's do some prayer work around this. I'm, I'm sure that there's sadness around this. There's enough out there. What is, it, what, is it, what is transformation worth? To not live a life of depression and sadness. You are the thing itself. There's something waiting to happen that's beautiful and powerful within you. And I know that. And, I, and you can borrow my belief in that until you catch up. I'm not here to be your guru and tell you what to think and what to do. I'm here to free you. I want your freedom. So wherever you go, you are a light upon this planet. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. God bless you. We can create a world that works for everyone. If you don't like that one from Centers for Spiritual Living, I got another one. This comes from Sharif. This comes from Will, Will McDonald. We can love all of the children, all of the species, for all time. We can love all the children of all the species for all time. That'll change you, won't it? Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. That's why we want to, we're doing these small groups because we want to bring people together and we want to reach out. Lil does such a beautiful job. She's just such a, a beacon for this. We want to be out in the world helping people. We want to be serving. Because I'll tell you what happens when we go out and serve. This infinite divine presence, we get out of ourselves and something's done unto us. When we pray for another person, one of the great gifts of my journey of this affirmative prayer and praying with so many people over the years, every time I do a prayer, I'm changed. Every time you come and ask me for prayer, I'm shifted and changed. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I love it. And I want that for you. I want you to stand in grace and beauty and joy and integrity in the, in the storms of life. Uh, Mark Anelsky says, we can create an economy of enduring happiness and an economy of love. When we're living from our source, there's a whole different perspective we take on. There's a whole different reality that we take on. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So I'm thank you for being part of this. Thank you for showing up, making the trip here, getting up an hour early today and being here and being you and sharing your consciousness with us. It's an honor. It's an honor to, to have this, this philosophy and this teaching, this opportunity. It's an opportunity today. 
It's an opportunity to be transformed, to transform life so that we can help create a better world. And we look out in the world and, and, and we are the placeholders for that. See, enlightenment isn't, I found this beautiful speech by this uh, uh, Theravada monk, 15 years in the forest, Buddhist monk. And it's long, I'm gonna use it in the next service, but it's a long, long. But at the end of the, of the thing, what it is is he says that, that enlightenment is not a destination, it's ongoing. And if someone comes up to you and says, I'm enlightened, they're full of crap. He doesn't say that, but that's what he means. Because it's ongoing. But what enlightenment means is that we move into a unified field. All of a sudden, the separation between you and I is gone. We're one. We're one. And then what happens is as we do our own healing, we do our own quantum healing, we start to take on and start to feel the pain of the collective. That's what enlightenment is. We have the capacity to feel the pain of the collective and maintain our joy because we understand the beauty and the opportunity and the possibility. That is groundedness. That is power. That's where we need to go, gang. People, people on the planet so that when things come at us, we're not crushed. We're able to say, ah, oh, look at that. There's shadow playing itself out again, and I don't support that because this is who I am. This is who I've come here to be. I've come here to be love. I've come here to be wholeness. I've come here to be creative. I've come here to be abundant. Abundance is understanding at the depths of our being that we are the infinite possibility at all times. It's not how much money you got in your pocket. That's just measuring who you are but what you own. It's about consciousness. So it's a beautiful thing we're about. God bless you. I hope some of these words stick with you. We're here to create program and opportunity together for myself as well. I need this. I need community. I need to be connected. I need to witness your, your challenges and your victories because they keep me in the game. And so many people have come to me over the years and said, thank you for this or thank you for that. They're always a surprise. And I'm always delighted when, when something has made a difference. And you're making a difference for people as well. So let's just strike an agreement here. We have more than enough personally, collectively, that this community and your life continue to move forward powerfully and wonderfully and that you're guarded and directed and, and you help guide us into the programs and the languaging and the ideas and the consciousness of the greater yet to be. This is our opportunity. So I thank you so much for being part of that. We can love all of the children, all of the species, for all time. And so it is.